Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-growth, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. My name is Jacob, and I'm hosting today's episode, and I'm talking a little bit about growing up today. <laughs> Fuck, there's a lot of that needs to happen. <laughs> I've been reflecting recently a lot on myself as a child, seeing my son grow up and expecting um, our second child in the next few weeks, and just reflecting on who I was when I was younger before I, um, quote, grew up, um, and whether a, a younger version of myself would would be proud of who I am now, would have I gone down the path that I, I guess I expected. Um, Conrad brought a great piece to the podcast a few weeks back about writing a letter to a younger version of yourself. And I thought, why not kind of flip that mindset and write a letter from back. a younger... Yeah, yeah write a letter back. Yeah. Back to the future. They'll write back to you. Get <laughs> um, buried somewhere. A great thing about human beings and one of the reasons why we are at the peak of the, the food and the animal chain is that we are kind of born with very like a minimal level of programming in that, yes, we have kind of preconceived um, ideas when we're first born about what it is to be a human, but most animals are kind of born with a very defined program about if they're a bird, they fall out of the nest and they fly. If they're a lion, they hunt down gazelle and that's how they live their life. Whereas humans have basic programming as a foundation, but a lot of malleability and flexibility in the brain and the way it can evolve, which gives us a lot more opportunity to grow in different directions. Um, we can be, as children, you often hear, what do you want to be when you're older? They say, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be the president. I want to be a nurse, a doctor, a architect, a firefighter. I want to drive a truck. There's a million different kind of directions we can go down. Um, Own a digital agency. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of kids these days want to be a YouTube star or um, a YouTuber. A YouTuber. Yeah, but over time parents, society, schools kind of start to narrow that range for us a little bit and start to define a little bit who you want to be, whether you're taking personality tests or aptitude tests and things like that. Um, Humans have such a long period of growing up, don't they? Like I think compared to any other animal, like from a baby through to like a giraffe. A giraffe is born and standing and running around within minutes. (laughs) I think it does because you're talking about survivorship, right? I mean... You go, you go to most third world countries, kids kids are contributing to the household really. No, definitely. Yeah, well, yeah, some, yeah. some go through law and they're you know, adults at 12 or 13, mm. so it's quite you know, young in terms yeah, of... Yeah. But even just yeah. the, the, the baby age of not being able to actually do anything for yourself is a long... I mean, you're, you're yeah, in the midst yeah. of it just now is a long time. So yeah, a lot of influences... Um, they need us a lot more than of other animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with the zero programming part. Though. Hey, well, I've refined it. He refined it on the intro <laughs> okay, if you're listening. I'm yeah. parched, bro. Well, I don't even believe well, Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> beverage. Thank you for allowing me to open it early. Apologies. The drink I brought today is 
one of the favourites of mine growing up as a child is uh, Bundaberg. Jeez, you had some cash, bro. Ooh. I didn't get to drink this when I was growing up. Yeah, well, kids would yeah. have Coke and Solo. I had water. I had ginger beer. That was my drink of choice. Yeah, you yeah, invert it two to three times. Black and gold cordial. So if I was lucky. Do? Invert it two to three times. You just oh. do that. Then oh. open oh. it. Yeah, maybe not when it's opened. <laughs> and then you can see the little... <laughs> Yeah. Little flecks of ginger floating about. Well, you say it's ginger. It's sugar. <laughs> it's forty grams of sugar. Look, look at all sugar okay. floating around. <laughs> look at all the ginger in it. <laughs> Sorry, Travis. <laughs> you do not need to hold that up against my hair. Okay. So I want to start in a light place. Where was there one specific thing that people wanted to be when they were younger? Um, I went through a few ranges. My very first thing when I was probably about six to eight to ten years old was I wanted to be a soldier I had a older cousin who was um, in the artillery uh, his profession was in the tanks so I looked up to him and I would I shaved my head I wore camo paint everywhere I went I had a little like toy gun and I would just run around the streets kind of like shooting my gun and I think I saw you doing that on the weekend <laughs> yeah and so that was my first thing not long after that I I had an uncle and I had like, I used to love drawing. So I kind of, I wanted to be an architect. I drew, I came up with these lavish houses with gymnasiums and water slides and all sorts of things. Um, and then I guess when I grew up a little bit more, when I was in high school, I was good at math, science, I love cars. So kind of mechatronics was the thing that kind of progressively, they were like, hey, you're good at all these things. Mechatronics is this big up and coming thing that's going to have lots of careers in the future. It would be a sensible choice to go down that path. And that's kind of where I wanted to be for most of high school. Um, anyone else want to offer up what they wanted to be when they were younger? Train driver. Nice. The conductor. I loved trains when I was growing up. And a game, like computer game developer, like maker. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, physio and then an athlete. Wanted to be Indiana Jones. <laughs> I was in. I love my movies. Ideal. If I have one in common with you, um, I wanted to be in the military. No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, architect. I wanted to be an architect. Yep. It's probably that is intertwined with my the real world. The real world versus I clearly wanted to be a athlete in some way shape or form probably basketball for some point in time yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> walked away from that and started playing um, in a rock band and then wanted I guess that dream but never really seriously wanted that dream and I think by the by my teens I I knew I wanted to run a business really I didn't exactly know what that would be but I but I knew that was my path yeah cool Conrad God. <laughs> Batman. Batman. <laughs> let's, let's not throw God at me in the same sentence. I'm going to get a dinner with mum. I am delusional. I'm not delusional. <laughs> Who did young Conrad want to be? I mean, Denzel. Like, no, it's, it's, well, it's, I, I wish it was a simple Will story. Smith. I wish it was a simple story, to, to, a simple question to answer. For me, it wasn't that simple because it took me a while to figure out I was I was battling being accepted before I even wanted to freaking be anything um, and you know getting accepted in in Australia at that stage for me was becoming great at sports and then you know the natural path for me to stay was to remain um, as good as a sports person as I could be and that opened up opportunities um, which probably allowed me to believe that I could probably t- take that further um, my hedge on that was um, 
for some reason to appease people in my family, probably more so than anything else, was to become, um, well, yeah, that's bullshit. I mean, we used to get books back in those days. I don't know whether you remember a mic, um, which had a lot of occupations in them. And What's you, a book? And at school, they used to give them to you at school. I don't know whether you remember it, Mike, but um, it had you know the A to Z of roles, um, and then it also had what you had to study, and then it had what the job was about, um, and it told you how much they earned. And I mean, I won't kid you. I was trying to find the most t- highest paying job fucking possible that I was capable of wanting to do, um, uh, and I ended up in the in the medical field. And then I thought that was really nerdy, um, and I didn't want to be one of them because um, they had a, a stereotypical persona in my life at that, st- that stage and probably still do um, forensic science was 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 a path um, until I figured out I couldn't deal with blood so, <laughs> but, choice, from, yeah. but from a book perspective and <laughs> from a dollar perspective and from what interested me perspective it was a case of forensic science <laughs> so I guess you watch a few late night uh, forensic science MCIS <laughs> Conrad's oh. there on the camera on the couch yeah, so with, yeah, with so the UV light having a look over <laughs> an interesting interesting part of that Conrad is very early on you you knew that money would be a big thing for you I yeah because you, I came from nothing you identified you've I know that one of your earliest goals was to retire by the age of 40, 50. 50. How early did that start to come to mind? I probably articulated it when I was 16, but it would have been floating in my head anywhere between starting high school and, and that day. Yeah. So you didn't have a role, but more of like an end goal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Michael, did we get to you before? Indiana Jones. Of course, yeah. How did I forget? And I mean, do we ever grow up? Like, you know, again, are we defined as, can we be childlike in, in our 40s, in our 30s? Um, can we discover new things? I think that's an interesting 100%. place to look as well. Um, so I did a bit of reflecting this morning and wrote myself, and this is tricky because it's easy to write a letter from your present self to the past because it's in your present tense. Writing a letter from a 10-year-old version of yourself is very heavily biased on who you are now. But I gave it my best shot, and I will indulge you. Dear future Jacob, I'm writing you this letter to remind you of who you were before you grew up. But I also hope that you never truly grow up and forget about who you were. You love playing with Lego and building new things. You love designing homes and dreaming up new inventions. You love playing outside and getting dirty. You love challenging yourself on new adventures and finding the boundaries of your world. Most of all, you love spending time with mum, dad and Ben on family holidays exploring new cities. When you grow up, Jacob, don't... When you grow up, Jacob, don't forget to stay true to who you are. Don't let the world tell you who you should be. Don't forget to play. Don't forget to learn. Don't forget to explore. They're big words for a young kid. Don't (laughs) Don't be afraid to fail. When you were young, you were afraid of nothing. You should... You would build a Lego city without questioning the conventions of design. You would put a gymnasium and water slide in a house because you didn't care for what was realistic. You dreamed of being a soldier and you walked around with a shaved head and camouflage paint on your face because you didn't care for what other people thought. Our family holidays, you got lost in the bush for hours because you were an explorer and you were comfortable being alone and forging your own path. When you're older, you'll have a family of your own, a wife just like mum, and you'll be a father just like dad, and you'll even have kids just like Ben and I. You'll work all day like dad, 
but always remember that your family are most important. You may be fully grown now, but don't forget that I'm still inside, and I hope you never forget who you came from. Who did you come from? So that's what I've been reflecting on is people you meet have varying degrees of like that inner child. Some have not, I guess, grown up enough and and don't really want to take on the responsibility of jobs and life and things like that. Others have, in my eyes, grown up too much and kind of take life a little too seriously and don't play and enjoy um, as much. And this is something I've been reflecting on recently. A lot of people see me as like I'm seen as the fun uncle because I'm potentially one of the youngest, but also the one that goes and plays in the playground and jumps on the play equipment. I am the one who owns the kind of fun gym rather than being in a serious profession. Um, I guess that's always who I thought I would be, but I just wanted to see if anyone else has ever reflected on who they thought they would be when they were older, who they are now, and and perhaps even looking at our, our children, whether they're a few weeks old or whether they're 18 and off on a, a Euro trip, um, and everywhere in between, what do they want for their life and, and how does that compare to what we wanted as well? Let's refine that in a little bit and say, so Justin, you had... You wanted to be a train driver, and then your other one was well, progressively or a game, game designer. So when I was like four or five, yeah, four or five, I wanted to be a train driver. I love trains, and I got a little bit older. Um, I think I wanted to be a pilot at one point. I used to pretty much what you enjoyed as a ten-year-old is identical to what I enjoyed: Lego drawing, um, and that was pretty much it. Then got into video games wanted to make video games so I convinced my parents to get a computer on a lease because we couldn't afford one to buy one and I would pay for like 10 bucks of an $80 a week lease by doing the paper round. Bloody like hell, you convinced them to get a lease on a computer? Yeah, this is way back. Because um, I was going to build games and that's what I wanted to do. That turned into just playing video games. Um, Research, we call it. Yeah. And then, yeah, so around like... Th- 14, me and my best mate at the time, we just wanted to have like a, a video game studio game, um, company and just make video games. And um, actually at the time I even came up with like studio names, which is um, not the same as Blank Canvas, but my... Board Studios? Yeah. Um, which is my what? trust. It's uh, Born Studios. And um, so the weird thing is, is like for me, without going on for too long the short answer is I wanted to do stuff associated with 3D and creating and I'm doing it that's what's kind of messed up with me a little bit (laughs) that I've shared of late Um, because when I was yeah but I'm doing what I wanted to do for a long time Um, I diverted for a little bit I went off and did engineering because at the time same with your story I was good at drafting this was a high to mining boom people are making like 300 grand a year apparently in China drawing drawing pictures and I'm like fuck I'm good at this and so I went down that route um, did okay and then found my way back into um, 3D so I think we do have an innate nature calling I don't know if there's a particular age of like you know maybe 6 or 7 I don't know if that's too young where you actually know what you always wanted to do or whether it is more around that 10 11 um, who knows but uh, yeah 
So I kind of am doing what I'm doing in some respects. Um, but I do feel that as we get older, we do put more ceilings on ourselves and caps. We get bruised along the way. Um, and so like 10 years ago, I was much more limitless in my thinking than what I probably have been of late. So I think there's an element of you need to do the work, which comes back to what we've talked in a couple of episodes where there are multiple tools out there. Um, I think there's a one episode we talked about, uh, Mikey did bring up, is it nature and the childlike state? And there's an element of I agree with like trying to almost get back to that and that's undoing the layers um, that have been put on you over the, the years. Um, which is just a journey piece, I think. It's just something you have to work on. Yeah. But, um, and often that like that part of you as a child will come out in some way and like people will squash it and they'll squash it and then maybe 40, 50 years old, they'll change career or something. For me, that desire to be a soldier grew to a peak when I was year 11, 12, so kind of 15, 16, when, when that became a possibility. You can typically enlist in Australia at 17, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I enrolled for a full year gap year, but then an opportunity to go to uni came up, so I dropped it. But another couple of years went by, and then I joined the Army Reserve at 20. And that was my way of just going, here's this thing that's burning inside me that I've wanted since for 20 years now. Let's explore it. I went into it. I discovered what it actually meant in the real world and then spent three or four years there and then have moved on. Do you remember thinking when you first put on the camos in in your military days not as a kid like was there regression did you do you remember thinking wow this it does feel amazing like you had connection with your child again was there a feeling of that a little bit there was this kind of there was definitely a feeling of like this is something that i hear is the the genuine legit version of what all this like stuff i had once upon a time now i was shooting real guns now i was wearing real camo now i was driving in real trucks and but sometimes it's not as fun as what you thought it was oh, no. like the reality is like the careful of what you wish for anyone scenario. who's been in the army will know that the idea of it for many or most trumps the reality i think you know i had a conversation about this with someone recently uh, like what i just shared and there are so many outside forces along the way when growing up that will pull you away from what it is that you desire. And I think the desire has to be greater than those other forces, which um, are generally socially impacted by others. Um, and so like for me, the underlying factor was I wanted to succeed and was the financial piece, similar to Conrad's story. We didn't grow up, we could never afford uh, ginger beer <laughs> in our place um you know so i think um there was an underlying force there uh as as well so yeah it's interesting upon reflection um probably always wanted to be a millionaire or do that and that type of thing so um from a very young age as well so yeah i just thought i'd add that um as because I find that like I moved away from all my um, you know all my work uh, sorry, work school friends and everything and um, I had to because I had a greater desire for what I wanted versus what everyone in that kind of community 
wanted in some respects. They were doing all the same thing. And I think um, I think a lot of people, if they wrote a letter to themselves uh, from that age, I know I would be guilty too, but a lot of it would be very different to what it, um, where their life is now. Yeah, because you don't yet have that experience of the real world as well. Like growing up is a, is not a negative thing at all. Like in that, if your childhood dream is to be an astronaut, for example, part of growing up is realizing that yes, that of, of course is possible. But if you're from Perth, then it's a it's much less likely. You've got to go through. You've got to be the top of your field. You've got to go over and find like Australia doesn't have a space program for example there'd be a lot of sacrifices if you really wanted to pursue it if you're if you want to be a race car driver like Perth's own Daniel Ricciardo is showing that it's very much possible but he's won there would have been millions of kids that did go-karting who wanted to be a Formula 1 driver which never happened for and reality is just one way of showing that if just because you want something doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen and as a kid you can dream of anything and then eventually you kind of learn a little bit more about what is and isn't possible if you... Well, there's a lot of ingredients as well, isn't there, in, in getting onto that pathway? There's luck along the way, there's oh, people around you, there's that chance meeting with somebody. I don't know, there's so many things that that one person, Daniel Ricardo, that went through with a few hundred other kids wanting to do that. The pathway just sort of worked for him. It's not something... It, I mean, he obviously had the drive and his parents and the support, but... There's probably elements of luck in there as well, maybe that got him to that got him to that stage. Yeah, that's true. Am I uh, the only person? This statement that you said before: our parents and teachers and society in general tell us, in fact, that we can't be anyone. Uh, am I the only person in the room that uh, didn't have that? I felt like I had the environment growing up that uh, I was empowered to to be able to do whatever I wanted. Uh, from my parents to my career coordinator at school, um, you know, the only real person that uh, said I couldn't do something was my photography teacher, and he said I'd never be a professional photographer. Little yeah. did he know that I actually enrolled in photography course about three weeks before. But I feel like that uh, my environment was obviously very different to other people. Uh, is that I is think, that no, an I uncommon thing? No, I don't think so. I think it's quite. I had, had a growing up a lot of support and opportunity to do whatever I, I wanted I don't think I think it's probably more normal to have that support but maybe yeah I don't know uh, well, I, I think, think Jacob just said it precisely though it's 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 a balance between self-awareness and having dreams like um, if you want to be a astronaut and you're running around the, the age of 15 in high school saying I'm going to be an astronaut there probably are going to be a lot of people saying that's ridiculous mate like <laughs> yeah. here's the roles list of things to go to uni yeah. for um you can be any of these things over here but you can't be that um and i think that's probably more common than than not um yeah so i wonder where that age balances then yeah. when you get to i mean i was living in scotland until i was 14 so i was at an interesting age when i was taken away from where i'd grown up my whole life into caratha in the northwest of australia you know from a city in the uk to to caratha it was a really interesting time in my life where I had a lot of support and love and you know a really comfortable life growing up as well um, but I never had anybody pushing me in any way or mm. giving me you know you must do this think about this think about this I was left quite to think for myself I was very artistic as well I used to draw a lot I do remember it's a big shift moving to 
to a tiny little town in the yeah. middle of nowhere. It was an interesting age as well, 14 turning 15, going into year 10, where some hardcore things you have to think about for your future. Um, I kind of just, as I, as I am, just went along for the ride and didn't go too far down, didn't go too far up, and just sort of, uh, and luckily got into Curtin Uni at the end of year 12. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I would have been stuck up in the, nor- in the yeah. Northwest for a bit longer. And funnily but, um, enough, like the, and this isn't, this potentially is just my experience, but the more affluent affluent you are and the more opportunities that like if you're in a, a well well to do family, there's a you you would think that any opportunity is available to you, but typically the pressure you get from that upper middle class to upper class society is that there are things that are, for want of a better term, beneath you. That like I the career coordinators that I was engaged with at an elite Perth boys private school if you went in saying I want to be a mechanic or I want to be a truck driver that would have been like don't bother like you're you're doing maths and science you should be an engineer a doctor a lawyer whereas from some environments where there's no expectation you could there's more potential to do anything there's less limits on it and that's that may be just the nature of that it might just be my perception of it but the more but people who go to elite schools or or come from particularly affluent families who then go, I want to to do something that their families or their school or their culture believes to be something that's not valued in that societal group. There's there's an, a feeling of pressure there. I think the best thing like a parent can do for their kids throughout their life is just let them experience as much as possible. Like get them to places, get them seeing things, experiencing things, travel, the zoo, like just, there's a lot of kids, and it's really sad, I mean, I do some mentoring with, with some kids up in the Perth Northern Suburbs, and you don't realise how trapped some kids are in Perth, in Perth suburbs, where they haven't even been out their suburb ever, like they've, they've not travelled to the Perth city, they've not, like, it's, it's really sad, like it's... That's not unusual. Uh, exactly, no, but I've, I've lived a fairly privileged, comfortable life and probably never thought about that when I was younger, but it's been great exposure, well, harrowing exposure over the last little while to really know that the, the, the opportunities you have, I've been so lucky in my life, um, then I can complain that I maybe didn't have the mentorship to get here, here and here, but man, I was, we did lots of things, saw lots of things and so lucky to be able to, I think as parents, you just got to try and get your kids out as much as possible and let yeah. them experience as much as humanly possible. I would what are your thoughts, Matt? Because you live in an affluent area. Your kids go to a very affluent mm-hmm. school. What have you noticed? Very. Maybe that's a direct reflection to what my career um, advisor told me. And I, I didn't have... I didn't have career advisors, man. We had a book. I didn't have bad... <laughs> well, no, we just had someone... I, we, did like, we did some <laughs> test, and then the test came back and it said you should pick a trade because you... I, I don't know why. Did you not have trades at, at Trinity? Do you know? Do you know why? But I, they do. Yeah, I but pretty, do know. Like, I didn't a, have great grades, but they yeah, were pretty good grades. I even like ducks the school in one of the math subjects, but for some reason I was told like, don't do what you want to do. Like you, you ducks the school, or like whatever. Like, the top just, school. just one top, subject. Top, yeah, just. Yeah, one, yeah, I get that, but I'm thinking people to be that smart. No. I'm good at maths. Like I've got. I'm joking, buddy. That's why you became an accountant. Oh yeah, I guess I did. No, what's ironic is that at at 15 they're telling you that when when it just makes no sense. Like, and how can they? How do they have the audacity 
to give you a, a 40 question multi-choice and then someone just sits there and tells you that like it just doesn't make any sense who, who, who did work experience here I did yeah, I so, so where did you do your experience Justin well I had to reach out for it and um, <laughs> I for drafting yeah and, oh, so um, you, did, you did drafting yeah I emailed a local like little drafting thing yeah. and um, I didn't think twice at the time and um, the only reason he called me in was um, the email address I emailed off was um, shit on a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Tip number one. He got me in for a few hours, I think, just for the fact of just going, sat me in like this old dude. Change your email address, bro. Yeah, you just want to have a crack at me (laughs) about that. Shit on a stick. (laughs) Trev, where'd you do yours? I changed that email shortly after that. I actually uh, topped the state in um, work experience. It was a subject when I went through. How do you top the state in work experience? You you have to get graded and then you get interviewed. Anyway, I did did bakery, uh, retail, uh, photography studio, and then the West Australian. When did you actually go to school? No, it's over (laughs) two years. So two-week blocks over two uh, each time. So I did four of them. But... uh, I I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed everyone except for retail. Baking? Was that yeah? I love baking. Was that organised through the school? Yeah. So yeah, it was okay. structured How workplace learning. It, it was no. a subject. Yeah, so maybe you can uh, break or something next time you come in. Yeah, yeah I love with baking. that class of water. Uh, but yeah, it, I, it was a really interesting thing doing in high school because it gave me such a good idea of what I wanted to do. Uh, it just gave me a taste of you know I, I really enjoyed baking. I just couldn't do uh, being an athlete and baking at the same time because getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning and then trying to go train at 4 p.m. just doesn't really work out. What would you do, Mike? I did a stint in Caratha and think year 11 and 12. Well, flying fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a rig for a little while. Yeah, metalworking. <laughs> Welding. Um, at a design and print shop, like a, as you'd expect, a little design and print shop in a small country town. Yeah, okay. And I remember designing like my first little logo, which was like a... Polar, for I think water polo team or something like that a polar bear and some stuff and I remember them actually using it and that was like the biggest I was like stoked it was that, that was my biggest achievement up to that date actually so um, still is <laughs> <laughs> best logo I was ever. waiting for that <laughs> did they um, did they win anything I, I didn't follow them I just I just knew that they were using it that was my little bit of work experience I didn't do too much worked yeah. in the dairy department yeah well, I mean, I mean, my thing my work experience was like two weeks something. yeah exactly yeah, it was what a short do? period of time I, I did two hours I don't know <laughs> I, think I, I think I did a couple of little stints with you mate, you, your facial expressions make me feel like you were traumatised with the experience yeah. mate. No, I just don't know I did work at dad's company for a little while um, the work experience yeah I th- I don't remember where I, if I did anything else formally. I don't think we we did community pro- service. Pro- maybe I didn't wasn't allowed. So you didn't. You <laughs> what about you your first job? I, I, since the the age I was like twelve and nine months, I got a paper round because I was waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until I could earn my own money. <laughs> and then I got that job, and then I, I worked like a madman for seven dollars eighty eight, like <laughs> all weekend for years until I could get a job at Chicken Treat. And then I worked there like three or four nights a week after school and then I got a paper run in year 12 because I was born in January so I could get my licence and I used to throw the West Australians out all night all weekend so I've always worked but um, work experience wise I don't remember another formal placement Um, and then my first real job I guess was in an accounting firm after my first year of uni and I've worked in full time office or business environment since I was a radiographer 
Really? From bullshit. Experience. Yeah, are you just a radiographer? You're trying to be Tim Grover, mate. You're not Tim Grover. I was a legit radiographer in Morley. I I, I went to spend two weeks with that dude and and went and played games on the Sega Sega station in in Kmart on my lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that we kind of come across a lot is that... And in varying degrees here is that like that idea of profiling is that when you're very young, you perceive that anything is available to you. As you get older and the world starts to understand you a little bit more and they know what you're good at and what what they think you're not good at, they start to profile you a little bit. Even when I went for my uh, initial entry for the army, you fill out, you do like a test and they kind of go, here's all the things that are available to you. Um, humble brag everything was available to me um, but so they went well you should be an officer you've got leadership potential you're a, you've got high grades or like you should be an engineer we need more of them and I was like nope I want to be a soldier I want to go out in the bush I want to shoot shit because that's kind of what I wanted to do you should that, get um, Justin's email address yeah you should <laughs> put it on a stick because yeah. did you put it on a stick as a target yeah. <laughs> Because that part of me from the kid was just saying, I want to achieve this dream that I set out to achieve. Um, and they just couldn't understand it. They were just like, that seems a waste of your skills, your talents, etc. Um, but, and that's what I wanted. But I remember when I was a kid, I used to love, or when I was like early teens, I loved watching The Fast and the Furious. And mate and I bonded over kind of working on his car. So I went to my career advisor and said, I want to be a mechanic. How do I make this happen they just went fuck you're really good at maths and science and stuff like i wouldn't bother to be honest you should be a mechatronic engineer instead shit advice because you'd never <laughs> have anything to do with a car you're just playing with robots and has absolutely nothing to do with like automotives essentially however they sold me this dream of well, you can work with race cars you can design cars instead of working on them sort of thing so you could have combined it to Transformers because they're like yeah. cars that turn into robots. That's true. And isn't he called Megatronics? <laughs> What's the main <laughs> Megatron, Megatron. Megatron. That's the same thing, essentially. Um, but so did anyone... Do you, sorry, do you still feel that way? That now that you get older, you don't feel like you have as many options? Now that I'm... Now that... I feel I have more options now than I did when I was 18 in that having started my own business and pushing aside a path that path that I felt I was destined to I now feel I could start any business pursue any job I could it would be unideal but like close down the business tomorrow and go to law school or medical school or do whatever I wanted to or I could go and drive a truck or learn to weld or do whatever um, but I mean you have more opportunity now than yeah you know when Conrad was a kid 45 years ago uh, you the ability yeah. to choose uh, pick and choose what you want to do like you can bridge uh, into different courses you can upskill yourself yeah. you can uh, so there's really no, ex- no there's no excuse not wanting not doing what you want to uh, yes you may have to sacrifice a few things to enable yourself to get there however with the land of opportunity now especially where we live in Australia uh, there's plenty of opportunity to be able to, to do exactly yeah. what you want. Yeah. It's easier to start a business than it ever has been. It's easier to... And so would you... cost as well. Um, if you had the desire to do something else, would you shut the, the gym down and sell it and move on? Oh, if I had... <laughs> if, the, if the desire to do that... Because that's what really Matt asked. 
yeah. easy well, to if the desire because opportunity is there but I think yeah. Yeah. if like, the desire to do something else was greater than my current passion and desire for the business then I probably would yeah but current. because we we create handcuffs for ourselves um, I mean all of us and then we also get attached to our ego and our pride to what we built which um, I've had to acknowledge over the last couple of years as well so like to answer that question truthfully would be interesting um, of whether you do have the freedom and the flexibility and the opportunity to do whatever you want. I think because I like I think Trav you hate you knocked it on the head, but that that statement's true. But There's the majority um, of us like go out and get a car loan or um, we get yeah debt and so we have to work this job and so we aren't willing to then quit that job for four weeks to go learn something or go work for free for someone to get an opportunity to then work somewhere else. And the older we get, the more of this baggage we start to create. And even when we create our own business, you know, like we become attached to it and it becomes harder and harder and less like, um, yeah, so. The reason I started the business and took on such huge risk was that I was 22 or three, I was renting, I wasn't, uh, we were just married but didn't own a property, we had zero debt. We didn't have children yet, so I had almost no possessions but no responsibility. If I did it now, obviously with a child and in two to three weeks, a second child, um, and a business that has significant debts that we're kind of working on, it would be financially and personally irresponsible to just drop that and do something else. So I guess the question becomes, which is just like for everyone, it's like how do you continue to still pursue your dreams without like allowing yeah, them and to I, I see it a lot in people who end up you back. trapped in fly and fly out situations where they they go and pursue a job where they're earning a, a, a very uh, an arbitrage of income based on the location and the, the type of work and the demand for it who then realize that the lifestyle doesn't suit being husband a father a friend etc and therefore but the very big step down in income makes it almost impossible for them to return to a standard of living that they're comfortable with and they get trapped a little bit um and that's part of the part of growing up is realizing that there are responsibilities as a as a partner as a parent as a and in, in, as a leader in any of these things and you've got to I'm trying now to reconcile the parts of me and like the desire to do whatever I want with the the limitations and the barriers that come along with this life. This is juicy. So um, if the gym wasn't here today, <laughs> if the gym was closed uh, right now for whatever reason, or if your debts were paid down right now, what would you do? I Right now, honestly, I would start it again. I have no desire to do anything else. I would just call start. it movement, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> movement, bro. Yeah, the version two. There's, yeah, there's honestly nothing else that I would rather do. Interesting. It's good. Does that re- is that the uh, truth? Resonate. Because <laughs> what you were saying before that sounded like you almost had a different path that you wanted to go on. No, I was just saying like if if there was another path, yeah. it would be tricky. But fortunately, there's not. Um, does that does that wreck? resonate with anyone else is everyone truly happy as they are well it's kind of the lotto it's the lotto thing right 
So if, if all of a sudden a massive pile of money fell into your business bank account or your personal bank account, we're we gonna what, be honest with ourselves here. What would you do? Yeah, what would you do? <laughs> to like, be honest with you, yeah, I probably wouldn't work seven days a week and do six a.m. to seven p.m. as I'm currently doing. However, I would choose four or five classes which are my favorite. I would still teach and what I I would invest work. the money into the business. Yeah, I would work more in the business without the stress of working, I guess, on the business as much. But I would still do a bit of both. Remember, money doesn't make you happy, though. Remember this. It helps a little bit. But it's right next to oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's a good one. I yeah. like that. Did anyone else have the opportunity to sit down and either write down or think on the advice a younger version would give themselves? I tried, but I it stumped me. The language I found yeah, hard. Yeah. Like, what would... Yeah. what would it actually sound like very, well it's like very adult language well it's yeah. like connect, a youngster it's like connecting the dots and it's kind of like you're here you are here you are you are here I, I think some of the forward stuff is more interesting like for me writing a eulogy is really powerful um, but yeah, yeah. I str- struggled to go the other way yeah. isn't it an NLP tactic to p- picture yourself um, uh, uh, exercise like when you're like 7 or 10 and have a chat with your seventeen um, that's, year that's old. That's to connect with your inner child stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's not just not pure NLP. That's that's a reflective tool. They're yeah. usually looking at like looking for issues. I think you know, there's reflective reconciling places. daddy issues from when you were six <laughs> or something. That was a big one. Mummy issues. Experience yeah. of it could be could be either one. Um, I'd probably just write a letter saying, "What's it like there? Can you please write me a letter and tell me what to do?" Oh, reverse it straight back. <laughs> Return to sender. Return to sender. What would you say to your eight? What, what letter would you write to your eighty-year-old self, Mike? That's a good <laughs> same one. one. Yeah, exactly. What's it like though? <laughs> Value. What's the meaning? Sup, bro. Sup, bro. Have you figured it out yet? Yeah. Well, hopefully our listeners had a, enjoyed the opportunity to get to know um, each of us a little bit more. Mm. Like sometimes we have some heavier subjects, sometimes we have some lighter ones where you guys just get to know your hosts a little bit further um if you i'd love to know what you wanted to be when you were younger and for those that have just gone down that path or done something completely different um share your stories with us we'd love to get a bit of interaction with our listeners um if you're already listening you obviously know where to find us but share it with a friend um, and have these conversations thank you very much bye bye see ya bye